Yesterday, we broke down the biggest headlines from Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference, or WWDC. Today, we dig a little deeper. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is Senior Editor-at-Large and longtime Apple Gadget reviewer, Scott Stein. Thanks for joining me, Scott. Hey, thanks, Roger. So, Apple's WWDC keynote came and went seemingly in a blur with just a huge amount of news, as per usual. But now that we've had a chance to sleep on it, what continues to stick out for you? Yeah, so as I thought about it, uh, you know, I think about uh, particularly the iPad, Apple Watch, things that, you know, sure, the iPhone got widgets. That's something I've been thinking about for a while, wanting. But uh, the, the iPhone's a pretty polished device. There's not a lot of stuff I really want. Whereas the iPad, I keep thinking about it being more like my full computer. They announced some uh, updates to iPad OS at the show, uh, better handwriting recognition for the pencil, uh, the widgets. But then what loomed for me was the Apple ARM announcement for Macs. And, you know, for years I've thought, oh, Mac and iOS are going to merge. And I've heard no, Apple said no, there's been always been a lot of defiance on that. But when, when you see that Apple has been testing the new Mac platform on the iPad Pro chip, the A12Z, then how do you not leap to that assumption? And it looks like Macs are becoming ever more iOS-like. iPads are becoming more Mac-like. And so as I wrote uh, in my story, I'm wondering if my waiting for the iPad to become a computer that I want is just going to turn into the Mac evolving into that thing. You know, by the time we get there, the Mac may be very iPad-like and, and it's like six of one, half a dozen of the other. So that stuck with me. Also, the watch getting better with, with sleep tracking. Um, and sort of watch faces, but each of those have some some compromises to them. So before we get to the Apple Watch, and we can we can get into that, let's just dig a little bit deeper with the iPad. So in your mind, is the, is the evolution track not that the iPad evolves into the Mac, but that the Mac evolves into the iPad? Well, that's what it sounded like, and that's what was interesting. The iPad update seemed pretty minimal to me, um, you know, for, for a platform that's so important to Apple. Whereas the Mac stuff, they spent a lot of time talking about how it runs iOS apps um, and that um, they're going to be really f uh, featuring that and that uh, building out the platform for development. And then, you know, when they sort of infer that that can help them design things, like the way that they were able to create certain things like Retina Display and have more design control with their processors, then that suggests that the next Mac line is going to be able to be more finessed in ways that they weren't previously. So that could mean touch screens or it could mean whatever. So I do think that because the iPad is now so close to basically being in every com everything computer, but it's lacking some of that flexibility, that I wonder if Apple's just kind of thinking of that extra flexibility as basically being what the Mac is. And right. so we kind of get there essentially either way. Um, yeah, that was the weird feeling. And the iPad Pro 2020, was not a tremendous update. It was really a very minor update to the 2018 one, which makes me feel like the hardware-wise, it kind of plateaued. And I'm not sure that's exactly the case, but they're probably waiting for the Mac ARM line, those new processors, which are going to enable all sorts of other things. All right. Well, all right. So going back to Apple Watch, uh, you know, what, what stood out about the wearable and watch OS for you? Yeah, well, you know, you look at the landscape and I've been waiting for a lot of things on Apple Watch to hit. One is a watch face store, just because for me, I don't use apps so much as I use interesting watch faces, especially in other platforms like Fitbit uh, or Wear OS. 
Um, Apple sort of did that, but didn't do it with this. There's there's a, a new idea called watch face sharing. They're going to open up the way for app developers to make more advanced complications. Now, what it sounds like is that those could actually be a lot more creative, maybe add some graphic twists. So you could have like several complications or the bits of info that show up in your watch face. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the miles run or sports scores, but you could have like two or three. So maybe you have like, you know, the NBA is like three or four interesting complications combined with one of Apple's watch faces in a special design that they pre-configure. Then they put a link up on their page and then you click it and it basically just adds that configuration to your watch. So it's like adding a, a specialized watch face, but it's like what you can do on the watch on, on your iPhone app now where you can configure watch faces. It's right. it's not the same as getting a completely new watch face. I wonder if that's just the way Apple's going to be about it or whether this is a stepping stone to an eventual curated watch face store, which mm-hmm. seems likely. Maybe it's about how things would perform on the watch and not be too, uh, not wear down the battery or not be aesthetically whatever displeasing. It's it's an interesting move. But on the watch face, though, it's, it's the it's not like you could have two different. I'm trying to wrap my head around this. Like you gave the example of the NBA, right? But could you get NBA plus Facebook plus I don't know Snapchat notifications into one watch face? Or that's that would be impossible under this model. No, you could. You could just. I mean, basically, you could just put together whatever complications you want, and then you could just like share it with your friends or put it on your website or you know, you know. I see. You know, it's basically just like, hey, I made a cool. I put these things together. Now you can do it. Um, with the number of creative comp, uh, combinations that are available, I feel like it gives you some options, but not as many as you. I feel like I really want. So it's kind of like a limited creativity. Uh, unless Apple opens that up further, I feel like that's not really as flexible as I would want. And you, you know, so I think I think it's baby steps to getting there, or like maybe a mid step. Um, but it's interesting because it's the first time they've done that. And then everything else on the watch is about health and 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 fitness. And I immediately leapt to sleep tracking, which uh, was was considered to be one of the big features Apple would announce. A lot of other watches have it. The Apple Watch already did sleep tracking with third-party apps, but Apple's now doing its own built-in one that will, you know, the, the screen will turn off and it will measure. Now, apparently, it's just going to measure heart rate and duration of sleep and that's about it like what it won't do is do things like it actually won't do sleep score or estimated rem or light and deep which like you know fitbit and others do and it also will not there are no real health studies yet so apple has not announced anything in terms of like you know studying sleep for possible apnea or things like what fitbit's been doing for years I think that's definitely coming, but I think that like this is like the first step, and apparently like the battery life hit is not terrible, but still like if you put it yeah. to sleep at thirty percent, you eke it out and then have to recharge it. Yeah, that, that I mean that's my biggest question for this is I'm assuming the the fact that they're stripping down any of these other tracking abilities is, is partly a power issue, but if you're if you're wearing this thing to sleep. And you're you go you're waking up the next day. You're ready for work. Like, when do you actually charge this thing? I guess because it, it's not like they've solved the problem of the Apple Watch lasting more than a day or maybe a day and a half. But like, 
If you're wearing this to sleep, when do you actually get a, you know, a charge for this? I have no idea. And that's a very good question. I mean, I guess like the watch charging could be like, it can be done in like half an hour to an hour, at least to top it up a bit. But uh, yeah, then you gotta, it's annoying. Like, I, you know, you have to remember to do that. And whether that means Apple announces a, a watch with better battery life or more power management in the next iteration, which sounds like would be my guess, or I think about Samsung, like I wrote about this last year, but like, it's not perfect, but like charging your watch from the back of your phone, uh, which Samsung does, that would be useful just because like, then if you're running off to work, you could just top off your watch like when you needed to versus like right now, the Apple Watch has its own weird charger and I'm not bringing that in my bag. So like once I'm out the door, that's it. So I think that those are questions to be answered. There's a lot of questions to be answered. I think the watch features were okay. They 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 do seem incremental for all that they seem like big steps. Both of them seem like halfway towards getting to what I actually was looking for. Right. Well, let's talk about augmented reality, which I know is a, a topic that's near and dear to your heart. Uh, Apple actually didn't mention AR all that much. I think there was a maybe a brief reference to it once during the nearly two-hour keynote. Uh, what do you make of that? And what does that mean for what Apple's doing with AR? Yeah, it was totally quiet. And it was um, in some ways surprising and maybe in other ways not at all surprising. I, I want to go back in time to like, what was Apple talking about with wearables before the Apple Watch? You know, like how, how, how much were they discussing that stuff at WWDC? I don't remember, but I think that's the good analogy here. Uh, they're clearly working on stuff and like, you know, tons of reports. Mark Gurman had just written a, a huge report about stuff and, and different, you know, reports have talked about glasses, also maybe an AR VR headset that would be sort of like almost like an Oculus Quest, but more advanced. Um, but what it means now is like there there were new AR features. They just buried them and did not talk about them. And I think the biggest AR announcement Apple made this year is probably still the iPad Pro. You know, the iPad Pro that came out in the spring has LiDAR that can do depth scanning, which does the sort of stuff that like on a Microsoft HoloLens or Magic Leap can create a depth map of a room and mesh it so it can know your entire room layout, which is important because it can place things, tell you where you are. There's a lot of applications. Apple announced that there's going to be an improved depth API in, in ARKit 4 that will make more of that. And um, But right now, the iPad Pro is the only one that has that hardware. I would expect the iPhone coming in the fall, one of them will also have that. But I think this basically acts as a, de a developer kit for anyone who's interested in pushing the bounds of working with Apple AR, the iPad Pro is kind of that that tool set to noodle around with for now. Then there are also made announcements about location anchors, which Microsoft has done, Google, Snapchat. That's where you like put things in the real world with geolocations and help them. Um, there are a couple of interesting things that if you're really nerding out on this that are, I think, cool. One is that that whole app clips thing that they announced was like little snippets of apps when you scan something with NFC. That could also work with AR, and Apple does seem intent on like that being a way that if you get to a real-world location, like a museum or a store, you could scan something and then like it could trigger AR popping up. So that's like if you think about the real-world mapping, and then like the AirPods Pro with their spatial audio, um, Bose discontinued its AR project for its uh, glasses headphones. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Um, which is basically there's this whole area of spatial AR, which is 3D audio, which sounds kind of like, okay, do I need a surround sound pair of headphones? Not really. But there's another element to this um, that w- where it tracks your movement and can kind of position the audio based on how you're moving. That matters a lot for VR and will probably matter a lot for AR too. So like spatial audio and VR is amazing and essential. I would think if Apple's looking towards AR headsets, that spatial audio starting with the AirPod Pro can help orient you, locate what's going on. So I thought that was a very interesting like little flag that went up for me, but you know, that could still be a couple of years away, but it's like starting on the AirPod Pro. Gotcha. Well, thank you, Scott. Stick around with CNET for all your Apple WWDC news. And if you have any questions for me, Scott, or any of our reporters, drop us a line at The Daily Charge on Twitter. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.